Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the pre-show introduction. Yeah, the, the, the sort of the, the lobby or the foyer to the actual <laughs> show. Yes. I'm glad we have that door opening at mm-hmm. the, you know, the beginning. The ding-dong yeah, doorbell. Just, just let you know you're walking into the foyer now. The proper word is doorbell, <laughs> not the ding-dong. It's the ding-dong. <laughs> I don't know why I was six there for a second. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, the three of us recently went to New York City. Uh, just like you've heard about in the salsa commercials, and we did an episode on real life covens. Yeah, so looking at the history of of really what a witch is, what it you know what it is in popular culture, how it's how the concept has been viewed 
over the centuries, as well as what what an actual group of um, people who would be who would consider themselves to be witches, how they function together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was uh, something we were asked to do um, at our home offices at iHeart Media headquarters in uh, Midtown New York, and it was a pretty tight little affair. I think we did about thirty five minutes on the subject, and then we're out to light bites and cocktails yeah. and, and schmoozery, and it was a very nice evening, and we had a lovely intro by a friend of the show, Connell Byrne, which you will not hear, but um, it was really it was nice. Filthy. It was filthy, but glowing. Yeah, yeah, like a Bob Saget stand-up set. Uh, yeah, we were uh, we were very excited about this. We wanted to share it with you. Uh, we also want you to know that we did this, uh, of course, right before Halloween, so you yes. hear us. Hyping up the Halloween that was past, uh, so travel back there with us uh, and let us determine between fiction and fact which <laughs> which is the most accurate. Yes, and Ben is right. Your your calendars are correct. It is not Halloween, uh, but but let's let's have some. How about some early nostalgia for <laughs> Halloween 2019? I can't wait. Without further ado, here we go. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. That's our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccan on the figurative ones and twos. Give it up for him. But most importantly, you are here. You are you. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know live at iHeart headquarters here in New York. So give it up for yourselves. Come on, you got this. Yes. Yeah. We are, in fact, recording this. This will be a real episode of the show, so you are part of podcast history, or at least part of our podcast feed. Right, so you're sort of, you're all co-hosted with us tonight. We're standing in a very surreal place that most of you just think is normal now, but it most certainly is not. There's like a hologram in the hallway... They, they changed the lights. Dude, there's smoke. There's a smoke machine in the conference room that we've been posted up at, and lasers. It's bonkers. Yeah, we almost <laughs> just stayed and played with that. Uh, this, it's true. As you're hearing this out there in podcast land, uh, it is almost Halloween, one of the very most wonderful times of the year, according to us at least. That's right. You know, we've got a cavalcade of potential monsters that are going to be strolling the streets. Uh, we think of vampires, right? We think of werewolves. And, of course, we think of witches. Now, modern science has pretty much conclusively proven that vampires and werewolves didn't exist, at least in the way that we popularly think about them. Bummer. Or the way we imagine them and portray them. However, witches are a little bit different. It's true. So what is this stereotypical kind of type of witch that we think of? Where does it come from? And most importantly, are any of those strange stories actually true? So we have to start addressing that question the way we always start addressing any question, which is, uh, which is, sorry, uh, which is with the facts. So here are the facts. Uh, It's fair to say that we're all pretty familiar with at least the stereotype of the Western European witch, right? We know the traditional witch in film, fiction, folklore. They'll typically be a woman. They're often older. They've got, for some reason, a wide-brimmed, pointy hat. Yeah, they might have warts or, like, weird green skin, like in in The Wizard of Oz, or or some kind of at least jaundice appearance or whatever. And they've got talon-like nails. Uh, They dress very goth, dark clothing. Um, They have wicked cackles. And after all that, they might fly through the sky, uh, usually with the aid of some sort of household um, appliance, like a a broom or a mortar and pestle, or to modernize it, maybe a vacuum cleaner. I don't know. It's (laughs) possible. (laughs) They also a lot of times will have a demonic sidekick called a familiar, which is, you know, a a rat, an owl or something to that effect, maybe a cat. 
Yeah, uh, we should note the stereotype of familiars in Europe uh, came about before Europeans knew what chihuahuas are. Uh, those are the most demonic of household pets. I'm sorry if I've made some enemies. Yeah, I think they look uh, like evil little blueberry muffins with their uh, weird dead black eyes. It's, it's absolutely and chilling. And why are they always shivering? Unclear. It's a different, that's it's, a it's, different it's, it's episode. It's the devil that's a they're possessed episode. is what it is, yeah. But, uh, okay, so we're talking, so that's a witch, singular, individual but what happens when we get to the idea of a group of witches? Yeah, yeah. So according to these stories, very seldom would you see a witch who was acting alone. A lot of times you would see them colluding and conspiring with like-minded other practitioners of sorcery in these things that were called and are called covens, at least within the popular culture. And these were secretive groups that would meet together to, you know, worship a certain deity or an evil entity, or um, at a lot of times try and make the infernal powers that exist within that realm happen on the mortal plane. Yeah, and as uh, secretive groups tend to do, they would meet in secretive places like old standing stones in the woods, cemeteries, ancient uh, sites outside of town, abandoned buildings and cellars, uh, and uh, at covens, which Witches were engaged in perverse mockeries or parodies of religious rites, Christian rites specifically. The most famous coven um, rite was something that's called the Black Mass. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, it all sounds scary. And as we're going through here, we're gonna we're kind of weaving this tale right of what of what this stuff was like or what the way we think about it. The right perception for sure. So yeah. we're getting into a tale now. It's not for the faint of heart. True. Oh, yeah, we should have said that at the top. Um, <laughs> but these are adults. I think yeah. we're fine. We're gonna, we, we can handle this together. Okay. So the descriptions of black masses. This was a, a popular, scary news story of the day, right? And we have found genuine descriptions, or what purport to be genuine descriptions of a black mass. Uh, one in particular that spoke to us was from a book uh, written in 1597. It was called, uh, in a burst of creativity, The Antichrist. Uh, it was uh, written by a guy named Florimund de Raymond. And it's a great name. Yeah, and let's, names were just better back then. It's true. And let's just, let's set the stage. Uh, there, it, there's a tale of a woman who is uh, going to potentially be a witch, right? She's, she's in the recruitment process, kind of like that guy at the beginning of uh, Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. And so she is taken to a field out in the wild, and in DeRaymond's account, a mysterious, specifically Italian man drew, draws this ring uh, with a rod of holly, he reads a spell from a black book, and the whole, the whole description, by the way, just harps on the fact that this guy was Italian. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, yeah, it's oddly specific. And I quote, Thereupon appeared a large horned goat, all black, accompanied by two women, as well as a man dressed as a priest. The goat asked who this girl was, and when the Italian man, weird, replied that he had brought her to be his, the goat made him make the sign of the cross with his... His left hand, that's right. Um, and then he commanded all of them to come and greet him, uh, which they immediately did. And another odd uh, detail, kissing his, his rear, his, uh, his haunches, yep. his, his backside. <laughs> yep. Okay, here's where it gets rough. Remember, I am reading a quotation. Okay, here we go. We can do this. Quote, The goat had a lighted black candle between its two horns, from which the others lit their own candles. The goat took the woman aside, laid her in the woods, and carnally knew her. 
Wait, what is that? I don't understand. We're, we're just going to breeze. We're going to keep going here. To which she took an extreme displeasure. Okay, obviously suffered much pain. God, this is horrible. And felt his seed as cold as ice. Oh. Why is it cold? I don't know. I it's guess infernal it's... powers. I don't understand why it's, why it's icy cold. Well, maybe because this is like pre-Dante's uh, Inferno. I don't I know. See. Yeah. Okay, that's well, fair. Okay, but that wasn't the culmination of the party. After that, all the witches began to dance in circles. Their backs turned to one another. The person performing the service was clothed in a black robe, but he didn't have a cross, he would raise, I still don't understand this part, he would raise like a round slice of turnip, and it would be dyed black, uh, they would use that instead of the host, and then when he had it at elevation, he would scream out, Master, help us, and they put water in the chalice instead of wine to make holy water, they had somehow trained this goat to urinate in a hole in the ground, and honestly, out of that whole description, the turnip is the most confusing part to me. I have a theory. A turnip is like a very pure, kind of white as the driven snow uh, vegetable. And when you dye it black, it's sort of like a putrefication of, of purity. Right? I wonder if they just didn't have a budget, you know? Like, I don't know. If they just found know. a turnip. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So in this group, these folks would perform these acts of witchcraft, and everyone gave a story as to how the things they were doing were uh, aiding in the infernal causes of hell, right? This is very important. Yeah, yeah. And supposedly they were doing this at least twice a week, uh, and with at least 60 other people gathered together. So imagine what we just described. Imagine doing that twice a week. It's like Wednesdays and Fridays. It's a serious commitment, but building community is really important, though. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it also is going to get into later, like, why these these descriptions are, you know, there there are a lot of issues with them. So let's let's just continue going. You can't deny that it's spooky stuff, though. Uh, But but the idea is, if you were, imagine you're in the 1500s and you've read an account like that, and maybe perhaps you believe that some of this could be true. If even a small portion of the stuff we just described was true you know, witches conspiring and doing these evil things, then European Christianity as it stood as, a, as an institution was basically in deep trouble. And what, what could the righteous and upstanding citizens, the institutions, the governments that are meant to protect those citizens, what could they do to stand against some, something so insidious and hellish as this? Well, nowadays, we like to say no one expects the Spanish Inquisition, right? Nerds? Not nerds? Anybody? No? Okay. (laughs) I think it's just me. It's a Monty Python. I got it. But back in the day, the thing is, the Inquisition, especially the Spanish one, was very much expected because they were real pills. These were dangerous dudes who saw themselves at least ostensibly as agents of the divine, and they thought their ultimate goal was not just to root out wickedness, but to save souls. And if a few bodies had to be broken or a few people had to be tortured for the greater good, yeah, well, like Russ Cole says in True Detective, sometimes you need bad men to keep the other bad men from the door. So how how did these inquisitions work, right? So contrary to popular belief, the inquisition wasn't just created to hunt down witches. It was much broader than that. Beginning in the 12th century, the Catholic Church set up the office of the inquisition to punish anyone that was even remotely speaking out against Catholicism. Catholicism, um, and and they saw it as heresy, which was literally any religion or belief system that was not uh, Catholicism. Yeah, so so they weren't just hunting witches. That's not what it was about. They were also persecuting, torturing, and murdering people of other faiths—Muslims, uh, people of Jewish faith. They were. It was the worst manifestation, or let's say the worst manifestation of the Inquisition occurred when the Spanish Inquisition executed over 32,000 people over the course of 200 years. I'm not a math scholar or anything, but those, are, those, those numbers are, uh, are troubling, I would say. You know? I mean, so yeah, they were very much expected. You know what I mean? Yep. And we also see all sorts of allegations, like what 
So, Noel, what were they actually looking for? They were looking for things like well poisonings, poisonings of the, of the well, which I think is, a, is an emo band, which is a great name. Um, influencing the weather for nefarious purposes, because that was a big deal. I would, uh, you know, wipe out people's crops. You blamed the witches. Right. right? There wasn't any meteorology to speak 100%, of, right? No. Mm-hmm. So why not blame a witch? Also practicing any sort of thing that could be remotely considered magic, even innocuous magic, even early medical science, like healing people with herbs that would get you hanged, or making prophecies, engaging in any kind of thing that looked like a ritual that also didn't look super Catholic. Oh, 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 I forgot my favorite. There was this big thing about people transforming dudes into horses and riding them around at night. It was like like a huge issue. Yeah, as like a punishment. Yeah. That sounds so much fun. Uh, okay, all right, anyway. Um, they were also accused of seducing other members of their community. They were accused of messing with livestock, making cows milk go bad, or, or just turn killing... them inside out like the aliens did. No, no, no it's no. just bad milk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or they would just out and out kill them. They would curse people sometimes. They'd be accused of murdering and assassinating people. Um, they're, they're, they were accused of all kinds of things. Okay, okay. So magic aside, wh- whatever you, you may believe, um, did anyone actually do any of these absolutely bonkers things that we've, we've just laid out? Here's where it gets crazy. So yes, yes, sort of. I mean, we're not saying magic works, but there were real people genuinely doing at least some of the stuff that witches were accused of doing. The problem is, the people accused of witchcraft and all these dastardly things, uh, these people generally just fell into like a few very much non-evil witch necromancer categories. They were like midwives, traditional healers. I mean, if you think, not to get too topical, but if you think that healthcare stinks nowadays, Thank your lucky stars you were not alive during the Middle Ages. It was terrible. Infections ran rampant. Things that can be cured with a pill nowadays could be a death sentence back then. Infant mortality was cartoonishly high, and many women also died in the process of childbirth. It was a dangerous, dangerous time. So let's just imagine that you're a grieving spouse um, or a parent who's recently lost a loved one in childbirth. You know that you're a good Christian. Um, spiritually speaking, God has no reason to, to smite you or, or your loved ones, right? Um, so someone must have put their proverbial finger on the proverbial scale, flipping it in a, a, a very tragic direction, right? So what does that all mean? Well, it means that your immediate suspect is the midwife, right? Because she's already sort of on the fringes of society. As you mentioned earlier, she is a practitioner of these uh, cures that involve herbs and some of these more esoteric remedies, right? Uh, so if she has the ability to use things to heal, surely she must also have the ability to use these things to kill, Yeah, so uh, we found something written by Lee Whaley. Uh, She wrote, Women and the Practice of Medical Care in Early Modern Europe. And I'm just going to read a quote from that to you guys. Um, It says, During the Renaissance, a number of strategies were taken to eliminate women and other popular healers from the medical profession. Uh, And this was the period when medicine and science lost their spiritual dimensions. Uh, So healers, as healers, magicians and wishes, wishes, Uh, lost their claim to manipulate the spiritual forces of the world. So now, this is important, right? That that idea that the spiritual and medicine just were completely divorced from one another and no longer can the herbs or anything make me feel better. It has to be something that a doctor tells me. And here's why that's important. The exclusion took two paths. One, the new requirement for people practicing medicine to have a license. And here's the catch. 
If you were a woman, you couldn't get the license. It was almost like they were purposefully, or it was as though they were purposefully creating, turning it into a male-dominated oh, thing. there's so much misogyny wrapped up in all of this stuff. And no be- way, not in the Middle Ages. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, because, because women couldn't go to university to get the training necessary to get that license, so then, therefore, they cannot work in that field. And the other thing here is that if there is a traditional healer, you could literally just say, oh, well, well that's a witch. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it sounds silly nowadays, but if you had a problem with someone, you could just accuse them of being a witch. That that flew like people yeah. believed it. Call them a witch. Then you just have thing, and you have like folks like seers or other practitioners of fortune telling or the like that had a strong connection to the other side, right? People like um, you. You researched this, Matt Ursula Southheil, also known as Mother Shipton, and she was believed by many of her contemporaries in the 17th century uh, in England to be a witch because of her belief that she could foresee the future, uh, things like executions. Uh, fires and plagues, she actually uh, predicted or foretold rather that the end of the world would come in 1881. And she also supposedly predicted that the internet would be a thing. No one ever predicts the internet, except Al Gore kind of did that. Well, in the 17th century, she was talking about how one day soon information will just be in the ether, will be everywhere. Which yeah. is, yeah, it's Wi-Fi. Or, yeah, you know, it absolutely LG is. LG or whatever. Sure, the yeah. cloud. So luckily, uh, she was not persecuted in the same way that many women of her ilk were. Um, she was never tortured. She was not killed. Uh, and thankfully, the end also did not come in 1881. So she may have been off the mark on that particular well, prediction. Also, like, know. side note, though, uh, how many people predict the end of the world every year? Like, does anybody else have end-of-the-world fatigue, you know? Like, I'm a 90s baby, and I can't recall a year that wasn't supposed to be the last one. I'm ready for it to happen. I, like, at okay. this I mean, point? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, hot take. Hot take. <laughs> well, we'll finish the show. I, we'll finish the show. I genuinely thought it was going to be December 12th, I think, uh, or what was it, uh, 2012. Joe Rogan had a show that night. I thought it was going to be over. He's a witch, bro. He's no, a witch, was, yeah. Everything was fine. So uh, other people would be, as we mentioned before, uh, doctors, medical practitioners of some sort, but also people who were practicing not just a non-Christian religion, but a non-Catholic religion. Because we have to face it, despite the best efforts of the church at the time, everybody knew Christianity was far from the first religion on the block. And Catholic churches had sought to subvert, supplant, and suppress pre-existing belief systems. But when you have a tradition and it's deeply rooted, people are going to continue to practice it uh, to the best of their ability. So they'll just go underground. And these weren't evil beliefs by any means. These are things like ancestor worship, animist beliefs, polytheism, and so on. And because the church, because that clashed with social control, they uh, conflated all of these practices with things like sorcery, necromancy, etc. And then you have the category of folks with legitimate mental illness. Uh, Mental illness, or what is today referred to as a neuroatypical behavior, um, existed during that time as well, of course. And in some cases, folks with mental illness or cognitive conditions uh, might have actually been considered blessed by God or capable of receiving visions from on high. I don't know if anyone's seen Midsommar, Mm -hmm. but one of the characters that sort of is the village seer Mm -hmm. is someone that clearly has a condition of of this sort. Um, But then it would there would be the flip side of it, right? Where and that was much more prevalent. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah, no. And then there'd be the flip side of it where they were absolutely victimized and used as scapegoats because it was an easy way to say witch, mm-hmm. devil. Yeah, see, speaking of scapegoats, uh, 
This has been a running theme of this entire episode. Another group of people who were victimized were vulnerable members of society, like widows, uh, the disabled. And again, what's the main thing you've been hearing, probably that's just been kind of hitting the back of your head, is the misogyny that was involved in all of this stuff. Uh, in fact, the largest demographic of people persecuted for witchcraft were actually elderly women. And a lot of that had to do with, uh, well, there's a lot of it, that had to do with misogyny just at large. But hold on a second. We, we're talking about the individuals, right? We're talking about yeah. each individual person, what their role was, why they were persecuted. Uh, but what about the whole idea of them getting together and working together? Right, yeah. So we did stereotypes of witches, and we just, we just busted that, hopefully, mm -hmm. right? Hopefully, I think so. I yeah. think we did. Uh, and we did stereotypes of covens. Yes. But what were real covens? See, that's the thing. History is, history is funny, and history is a lot more dynamic than people would sometimes have us believe. History is a conversation, right? William Faulkner said the past isn't over, it's not even past. And what we look at when we dig into covens and the concept of covens is that the idea that a coven was a name for a group of witches came way, way, way afterward, uh, after any of these events. The word coven first came around sometime in 1520, so there had already been witch hunts. Uh, and it wasn't used to describe meetings of witches until a trial in 1662 for a woman named Isabel Gaudi. Before then, it was just like, meet up. Yeah, it was just a hangout. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't until 1921 that that term became popularly associated with the gatherings specifically of witches. And this association was made within an author, Margaret Murray's work, The Witch Cult in Western Europe. I love that title. And yes, oh, me too. And this work also helped solidify there's a common idea that within a coven there would be 13 members, exactly 13 members. And there are some accounts that say that's 12 actual, what you would call witches, as well as either a leader or the devil or deity themselves. So you'd have actually like 12 apostles and then one leader or one deity. Right, and Murray actually believed that having 12 witches was a mockery of Jesus' 12 disciples. And while it's true that the number 13 does hold significance within certain Wiccan belief systems, the number of uh, members of a coven was generally not a requirement. There was no like hard and fast rule. Uh, but we have also found several modern covens that, that do only allow 13 members. So why did people bother hunting witches in the first place. Uh, I think partially uh, it was because they genuinely believed they were doing God's work, fighting the infernal and insidious forces of, of hell, of darkness. Yes, yeah, that's what it said on the label. Sure. But there's a dirty truth to this. You see, the way the laws usually worked said that if someone was convicted of witchcraft, whomever they were, the person who convicted them got their possessions, all of their worldly possessions, like, good job, you. Uh, and this means that in many cases, witch hunters were working on commission, basically. Yeah, that's so, a problem. Yeah, so, like, you have some bills to pay, you're a witch hunter, you probably have three or four victims picked out. And now, you know, fortunately for history, for anthropology, for science, for humanity at large, these inquisitions and these other persecution programs did not wipe out every non-Catholic religion. And you can still find modern groups identified as uh, covens or witches or, or pagans of some sort today. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So let's get a little bit closer to modern day and talk about witchcraft occurring right now. We've got Ooh. some further examples a little bit further down here, but we do know that a lot of groups within the United States and across the whole world practice a range of religions. If, if you're imagining witchcraft as one thing, you are just dead wrong because it's, there's so many different belief systems that can be or that are commonly described in that way. Um, and it's all stuff that 
might even fit the old Catholic definition of witchcraft, even though it is not that. Um, we also know that some of the most historically prominent versions of a coven or a witchcraft, gr a witchcraft group, uh, such as this guy Gerald Gardner's New Forest Coven, they have been soundly debunked uh, by research that's occurred in the modern day. And later research that does continue into the modern day. So let's think about the adventures of an American anthropologist by the name of T.M. Lerman. Uh, in 1985, T.M. Lerman moved to London and kind of embedded herself in what you could consider a contemporary British form of witchcraft and magic, which is very much still around today. And she asked herself, why um, would anyone take up the practice uh, of magic, something as weird as magic, especially since, according to observers that she interviewed, it doesn't necessarily work. So <laughs> she, 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 to find out, she uh, attended hundreds of secret meetings, and this is a quote from an article from the New York Times reviewing uh, a work that she did called Covens and Chaos Groups. She enacted uh, dozens of rituals, and she actually wrote some herself, which kind of shows you how open-ended... Some it's kind of improv. -y. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely improv. Um, as she read tarot cards, she sewed her own magic robes. She even would uh, ingest psychotropic substances to get into some sort of fugue-like reverie state, the type that the druids would have uh, put themselves into in order to conduct their magic, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Allegedly. And, Allegedly. And one of the main things she discovered that was occurring within a lot of these groups was cognitive dissonance. This, this idea that... The, the people who were you know, magicians and witches, the people that, um, that she was associating with, often remembered their magical successes. So if they're going to do a ritual or something, they remember that time, then something kind of worked out a little bit better uh, than, than the failures, the ones where absolutely nothing uh, occurred. And the definition of success ended up becoming so broad and subjective, and um, it's it just that you, you realized, or she realized, that there was a lot of generous interpretation that was occurring within the group and within the, with the individuals. Yeah, so like for a, for a comparison, um, some of us probably work with metrics and things in our day jobs, right? We have a way to measure success. This, this way of measuring success was a lot less like, uh, let's look at the facts, and a lot more like, well, I did a ritual with water yesterday, and uh, I saw some water the next day, so boom, you know, well, 100%. But it's also not to completely discount it, right? That's sure. not what we're saying. We're just, we're just saying it was easier to believe it if you were within the group and you had those beliefs already. Yeah, it's the same um, way when you, you know, design an algorithm and you say this is the end-all, be-all of something. There's somebody else that says, no, mine, mine is the end-all, be-all. It's the mm -hmm. same with anything. When you interpret data and information, it's, a lot of it is kind of happenstance and it's hard to know exactly which one is the right answer, right? And he, yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Okay, so we're talking about um, a specific version of, of witchcraft, but it is very, very important to note here that there are still human beings across the planet right now in some very particular areas that are being accused of witchcraft still, and uh, they are being hunted for that reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are, these are isolated cases, but it's true. Again, we're not saying magic works, but there are more people uh, than you might, believe who are practicing what they would call this left-hand magic stuff. Let's, let's talk about something. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but narco cults, right? We know what cartels are. We know what the narcos are, right? There are actual narco cults. Uh, there was this sort of black magic that was happening in Mexico, and we wanted to give you a specific case of this. 
1989, Mexican authorities stumbled across a genuine human sacrifice cult that was related to the drug cartels. They were led by a guy named Adolfo Costanzo, who was only 26, by the way. I, he's a cult leader at 26. That's pretty good. Yeah, it, I mean, kind of, yeah. I don't know. I mean, It wasn't a good cult, though, is the thing. Well, okay, go it on, It wasn't please. like a friendly... Mr. Rogers type. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm 36 and I, I, I don't I feel have a you. cult yet. So I fell asleep I, I, trying I, to I, put on my pants once. You know, so, like, this, this thing is, uh, this is weird. He and his followers were called the narco-Satanists. Uh, they committed multiple acts of human sacrifice adopted from non-Satanic Caribbean religions up to and including cannibalism because they thought it would render them invisible, invincible, immune to bullets, and they, you know, we have to ask, did they really believe this? The answer, I would argue, is yes, because they were killing people. They were literally wearing necklaces of human vertebrae when, yeah. when authorities caught them. You go through it, they have to have believed it, I think, at well, least this, several of them. This all goes down to the power of belief, uh, for sure. And they were eventually caught, thank God, uh, during an investigation into the death of an American by the name of Mark Kilroy, who was one of their final victims. Uh, so at least at the end, their coven's magic didn't, didn't just save them from from being uh, found out. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that magic-motivated murders are popular across the entire globe. You've got areas of South Asia, some parts of Europe, the Middle East, and several African countries where people are genuinely absolutely being murdered for perceived reasons uh, that are magical-related. Yeah, um, I think we're all familiar with albinism or, uh, you know, um, being an albino. Um, a, a lot of people with, who suffer from albinism are hunted in places like Tanzania and Malawi. Or, um, uh, sorry, how do you say it? Malawi? Malawi. Uh, they are, they're murdered because their organs are being harvested for magical purposes. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Their hair and their body parts were a lot of times or throughout history the subject of folklore, of a magical interest, um, specifically in those regions. But recently they've been touted as a crucial component of any surefire potion making. So if, if there's uh, some witch doctor in a, in a tribe somewhere and they want to make a potion, they will seek out this stuff. Money, wealth power, true love, you know, all the, all the basic ones. And in, in Saudi Arabia and in the Islamic State, multiple people have been executed, like, very recently for the crime, the perceived crime of witchcraft. Now, now okay, we've been, yeah. we've been going over all the historical stuff, the scary stuff. Let's, let's talk about if you were going to go out right now and try and find a coven here in Manhattan. Uh, here's the cool thing. You can do it. And, and they exist, yeah. and you can actually probably go to a greeting or to a gathering. You could probably, if it's a full moon or a new moon, you mm -hmm. could go right now. There's a website. If you aim your browser at witchvox, W-I-T-C-H-V-O-X.com, you can find all of the locally, or a lot of at least, the locally run covens, clans, and coves. You got and an example for us? I do. Do you want to? Uh, can you go over it a little bit? I could tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's called um, Hecate. That's one way to say it. It's other Hecate is another way to pronounce it. But Hecate's Sacred Temple, Torchbearer of the Crossroads. This is self-described as a group of those who are devotees or followers of the goddess Hecate uh, that wish to belong to a temple that honors and worships her. And uh, who, who is Hecate? Uh, it's the it's the Greek goddess, right? 
Yeah, it's the ancient Greek uh, Hecate as described uh, on wiccaspirituality.com as the goddess of all doors and gates, all transitions from one place to another or a state of being, um, and the original hedge sitter, the hag, the hex mistress. I'm a fan of people with multiple superlatives yeah. like that. Yeah, um, yeah she's, and, she's described as like the queen of witches in a lot of places. For sure. sure. And, and this, uh, this particular group, Hecate's Sacred Temple, offers classes and other opportunities for the curious to learn about their organization and believe. I don't want to downplay anything, but it almost feels more like a community group or like a sure. like a nice kind it of is. like knitting circle or something more than it is some sort of like yeah. devil worshipy sacrificing. It's got cult, like a you know? Rotarian vibe or something, you know, like Toastmasters. Yeah. That's the whole point. It's it's a place for people to hang out and worship the way they want to worship. Uh, yeah, that's you know. that's what I don't want to skip. There are modern witches. There are modern covens. None of them are out to get you. None. You probably just want to hang out with you. Really honestly. quickly, I just met somebody a little while ago. I'm not going to out anybody, but it was like, yeah, I had a coworker who was a, who was a witch. Yeah. Um, she was super cool. I loved hearing the stories about her beliefs. Didn't like her as a person. Kind of yeah. creeped me out. Because people uh, are people. We met them. We all met we them. We absolutely yeah. all, yeah. But um, had nothing to do with the, the belief system, more just kind of a creepy just a person. Personality yeah, absolutely. Thing, I think, yeah. My, my hairdresser, uh, who just moved away, sadly. You have a hairdresser? Or a salon person. Person, I, a person who does my hair. You I have a know. hair witch? She's amazing. She's she's Wiccan, and she just moves away, and I'm and I'm just so sad. But she uh, she was incredible because she could touch my head and then tell me things about my son's life. Oh, weird, dude. Do you think she just looked on your Facebook? I yeah, mean, I'm not trying was, to be rude. Yeah, that was probably it. That was probably it. <laughs> so, right. but but it, it is true. People tend to just be people. And that's like, maybe maybe that's a disappointing spoiler for some folks, but the vast majority of ancient witches and covens, just like the vast majority of the ones around today, they were not after you either. You know, the more we dig into this question, the more apparent it becomes that the allegations of some vast shadowy conspiracy of individuals in league with infernal powers were just not true. They, there may have been, and there likely were, isolated groups of people in communities practicing pre-Christian spiritual traditions, but they weren't out to, like, take over the world for Satan. And I know that's going to be kind of rough news for some heavy metal fans I'm out sad. there. I'm, sad. I'm sad, personally sad about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer, but it's true. Poor Tenacious D. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there you have it. Uh, there, there really are real-life real witches and real-life groups identifying themselves as covens, but as Ben said, the vast majority are harmless practitioners of spiritual beliefs that they hold deep and dear, um, and they're certainly not not out to get you. Yeah. Or are they? <laughs> I think they're I think they're probably not. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. They're probably not. Uh, but that is our show. Thank you so much for coming, everybody. We we hope that you enjoyed it. Yeah, we hope so. That's we, we not clapping. <laughs> All right, Happy thank you Halloween. so much, Iron. Thank you, Connell. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to you. Thanks to you, Ben. Thanks to you. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 